0: Prologue 2 A Reluctant Visit The second part of Dumpledorn's day contained a visit he was not looking forward to at all. He was going to East Anglia, and not by choice. With a sigh and a last look around the buildings of Whitehall, the headmaster turned on his heels and with a sharp crack vanished. A moment later, the wizened wizard appeared in front of the majestic gothic cathedral of Norwich. His eventual destination was the town of King's Lynn, and in fact its wizard suburb of Bishop's Lynn, which had kept the original name from before Henry VIII's dissolution of the monasteries. He couldn't remember anything distinct enough about King's or Bishop's Lynn to teleport there. This was because the memories were so unpleasant he'd had to lock them up safe in his think-pot. With a regretful glance over his shoulder, Dumbledorn strode out of the cathedral courtyard and into the centre of town. Today sadly held no time for enrichment from heritage architecture. Instead, a man was to pick him up in his mongol car from around the central covered market. As the headmaster descended the medieval cobbled streets past the old guild hall, he soon caught sight of the automobile in question. It was a beige Ford Cortina, a state model, Ten years old and in pretty battered shape, though Dumbledorn had to admit he wasn't much of a judge of such things. Leaning on the outside door and waving cheerily at him was a Mr. Porpington. This man, strictly speaking, was not a Mungle himself, and yet you would never know that to look at him. He wore a faded brown blazer over a yellowed collared shirt. The collar was of such an obnoxious width it had to be a good ten years out of date, much like his car. Of medium height, his dark hair was balding in the middle and growing a bit long and shaggy around the ears, perhaps to compensate. He also sported a moustache that recalled that of Inspector Clouseau. "'Good to see you, Headmaster,' said Mr. Porpington, offering his hand and boisterously shaking Dumpledorn's. "'So glad you could make it, sir!' Dumpledorn mumbled a few pleasantries and reluctantly got into the station wagon. It was just as cramped as seven years ago— his head nearly brushed the ceiling while his knees drew up awkwardly under his chin. "'We'll reach the village in an hour. Forty-five minutes, if I can avoid the coppers.' Porpington gave the headmaster a wink, and in response Dumbledore nodded and hummed. The Cortina sputtered to life, and they rolled through the bumpy cobbles of Norwich, then out to the motorway. "'Jolly decent of you to come out, Professor,' Porpington said once they were driving through open "'Country.' It means the world to us, especially to my Pidge. Pidge was short for Calipygia, the actual name of Mr. Porpington's wife. Dumpledorn tried his best to suppress the few memories of her that he hadn't already banished to the think pot.
1: I had little choice in the end,
0: Dumpledorn said at last. Your owls were growing insistently frequent and loud. Yeah, I'm right sorry about that, Professor. <laughs> said Mr. Porpington in a tone that didn't suggest he was sorry one bit. You see, me and Pidge are so sure this time. I mean, we oh, were sure seven years ago with the girls, but this time, oh, you've just got to see R Snidely, sir. He's a he said "Jemmy is a real Porpington wizard. The Porpingtons were a purebred wizard family going back several centuries. The problem was, they had inexplicably failed to produce a real wizard child now for eight generations. With the birth of twin daughters, parents Acephalus, who went by Dick, and Calipygia, had been all but certain the girls were full witches. Dumpledorn had dutifully trekked down to examine them both at the age of ten. Despite the family's hopes, however, the headmaster had not discerned one jot or tittle of magical power in the young Misses euthanasia and emphysema. In fact, he had privately concluded that whatever magical blood the Porpingtons had was now so old, dissipated, and weak that they were basically indistinguishable from mongols. As to why this had occurred, there were several theories, but Dumpledorn suspected inbreeding. This presented a problem for the Ministry of Magic. While some in the Ministry had pushed hard to simply wipe the Porpington clan's memories and let them live as mongols, others pointed out this was a slippery slope and that someone born into the wizard world should never be arbitrarily banished from it, except to Azkatan in the case of high crimes. The little family thus existed in a strange limbo on the margins of legality, not really accepted by wizards, but knowing far too much to be trusted around mongols. Can't be helped, of course, but you should have seen my girls when you left that day. How they cried, sir, oh, it were pitiful to behold. Cried for weeks, I reckon they did yes i remember try as he might this was not a memory dumpledorn had been able to magically extract it had been too much of a spectacle euthanasia and emphysema ten-year-old twins hell-bent on going to bogwart school had burst into screaming tears when he'd broken the unfortunate news to them dumpledorn had tried to make an orderly exit but the girls threw themselves on the floor grabbing tightly on the hem of his robes while they sobbed and kicked things Dragging them awkwardly out of the sitting-room, the headmaster had been at a loss how to end the unpleasant visit. If he teleported away, they would go with him. If he used magic of any sort to remove them, it would add insult to injury and reinforce the poor children's traumatic experience. Eventually, Dick simply pried their little hands off, and he'd been on his way. Doing fantastic now, though, the girls. Enrolled in a beauty and aesthetics college. Hair and makeup, that sort of thing. Good solid heads on him, those two. I'm glad to hear it, said Dumbledorn. The rest of the drive was relatively quiet. To ease the passage of time, the headmaster took out a curious Mungle device which Professor Vector's mongle husband, Gerald, had given him the previous Christmas. It was called a Walkman, and could play electronically recorded music tapes. Not only that, its headphones could isolate the sound to only his ears, leaving him free to listen to whatever music he fancied. The cassette tape he had in currently was a genre known as disco music, performed by an ensemble called The Village People. At last they reached Kingslyn, and pulled off a little side road that the average driver would never have noticed. Passing through a maze of hedge-lined lanes and crumbling walls, they reached the hamlet of Bishop's Lynn. Having totally lost his sense of direction, Dumpledorn guessed that this little neighborhood was likely unplottable, like Bogwort, all the better for the dozen or so wizard families who lived there. "'Here she is,' said Dick, pulling into the makeshift driveway of his home. Dumpledorn would have been hard-pressed to call the dwelling a house. It was more of an overgrown cottage.' The garden had long since gone back to nature, and he could see a number of magical plants like venomous tentacula, which should probably not have been so visible to any mongrel that might accidentally pass by. He also noticed that, for some reason, a number of rabbits were quietly nibbling and lolling around the garden, in spite of the dangerous plant life. Entree, entree! The paterfamilias urged him cheerfully. And what could the poor headmaster do but obey? Inside, he was greeted by the strong odour of boiled vegetables.
2: Oh, Professor, so lovely to see you again.
0: A gap-toothed woman in a stained apron ambushed Dumbledore, eagerly grabbing his hand and squeezing as if it were an empty tube of toothpaste. The headmaster winced, but reminded himself he had once dueled the dark wizard Grindeldepp and could probably survive this housewife's attention.
2: Won't you come in the parlour? I'll bring out some tea.
0: Dick and Dumpledorn settled themselves on a lumpy sofa. As he sat down, the headmaster could feel the depressing creak of old springs under his sitting bones.
2: "'I baked biscuits,'
0: Mrs. Porpington squealed, coming out the kitchen with a plate in her oven mitts.
2: "'Callipidious, sir, case you forgot,'
0: said the woman, shaking Dumpledorn's hand again after taking her mitts off.
2: "'It means shapely buttocks,'
0: she said with a saucy wink." "'Dumpledorn's eyebrows rose involuntarily.
2: "'Oh, I know, but Mum gave me the name as a a sort of good omen, you see.'
0: "'And didn't it just come true, eh?' said Dick with a boisterous laugh. "'Pidge giggled and twirled on the spot to show off her rear end, "'which her husband couldn't resist, pinching. "'Dumpledorn stared at the ceiling rather than endure all of this. "'Women's rumps were simply not his area,' he thought of Grindeldepp again." Now then, he said, clearing his throat with a finality he hoped would put an end to any more silliness. You've sent owls, many owls, to my office requesting I come examine your boy.
2: Abra Snidley, snidely, Professor, yes,
0: said Pidge, fixing him with an earnest look of motherly advocacy.
2: And we're so glad you've found the time, sir.
0: Indeed,
1: well, I could hardly ignore a series of yowler letters screaming into my office every day. Not only my office, but the staff canteen,
0: the school grounds, my personal water closet. The headmaster shifted on the lumpy couch.
2: We met no inconvenience, sir, so only we were desperate,
0: said Pidge, tears starting to well up.
1: Water under the bridge, of
0: course, said Dumpledon with a weary sigh. Or in the closet, eh <laughs> said Dick, unable to resist the cheap crack, Dumpledorn stared at him over his half-moon spectacles.
1: In any case, I was somewhat curious as to how you contrived to send so many yowlers, they're fairly advanced magic, and I was under the impression neither of you
0: dead on, sir, we're both a bit slow on magic. I'll be the first to say we could
2: do something.
0: Pidge said, looking at her husband a little defensively.
2: I can heat my tea back up when it's cold.
0: She flourished her wand a little to demonstrate.
2: And then sometimes I read the tea leaves. You've seen me do it, have you, Dick?
0: I have indeed my pigeon pie.
2: But we couldn't do yowlers, Professor, you're quite right. We had our neighbour do them <laughs> in a few big batches, so as we had extra, he lives just down the way there, Lovely old gent, name of Cantankerous Knot.
0: Dumpledorn gulped his tea down the wrong way and went into a coughing fit. This Knot was a noted dabbler in dark magic. His son had become a dark wizard, or death cheater, in fact. The father, though, was smart enough to keep his head down. It made sense now. Those yowlers had all carried a nasty, seamy edge, like a used broom salesman trying to flog off an old Pegasus Series 4 on you.
1: Now, where is young Master Porpington?
2: He'll be just watching telly, sir. We'd have brought him out here, only his favourite programme's on, and he so hates to miss it.
0: Quite all right, said Dumbledorn, eager to get this over with. So you'll permit me to have a chat with him? Oh, yes, sir, by all means. This one's a winner, you'll see, said Dick, beaming at him. Dumpledorn merely nodded, following the proud father downstairs to the rec room. On the lower level, they found a ten-year-old boy with a bad haircut sitting on the floor about six inches away from the fuzzy TV screen. What did I tell you? Lad can't miss his stories, said Dick, fondly shaking his head. Then he recollected himself. "'But this is important. "'Snadley, you've got a special visitor.' "'Hello,' said the little boy in a squeaky voice, "'not bothering to even turn his head. "'I'll uh, <clears throat> leave you two alone, then,' said Dick, "'backing out with a nod at Dumpledorn. "'The headmaster was now alone with the boy "'who was still figuratively glued to his Mungle entertainment box.
1: "'Good afternoon, young man.' "'I suppose your parents told you who
0: I am?' The boy wasn't paying him the slightest heed, so with a flick of his wand, Dumpledorn turned the device off. His magic might have shorted out the circuits inside, but he could always send them a replacement, if he remembered. At last the boy turned to look at him. "'Yeah, you're that wizard chap,' he said, a bit put out at his telly being cut short. "'Indeed,' said the headmaster as he sat down in a creaking easy chair."
1: I want to ask you a bunch of questions about, well, about your life. What sort of questions? Well, Snidely, if I may use your name, have you ever made anything happen? Anything you couldn't explain? Oh, yeah. Loads of stuff. Such as? Like, I like this show on the telly, right? Well, last year's series was getting awfully dull, and I just kept thinking... Why don't they add some new characters to make the story more interesting? And this series they did. It's like my mind made it happen or something. Ah. That's not all though. The new blokes on the program are called Phil and Grant Mitchell. The Mitchell brothers they call them, since they're brothers and called Mitchell. Grant's the elder brother. He's an ex-paratrooper from the Falklands. And his brother Phil's a tough feller as well. They both wear a lot of leather jackets and start a garage called the Archers. Now, snidely... But this is what I'm getting at, right? Grant and Phil are always into dodgy deals and scams which never work out. So I got to thinking a few months back. Grant needs to meet a woman who can sort him out. And you know what happened the very next week? He meets a lady, Julie Cooper. Snidely, I'm afraid I don't see... Now, things didn't work out with Julie, so I thought, steady on. Grant should really be with her quality bird this time. Someone with a good heart like Sharon, the barmaid down the Queen Vic pub, where they all go for a pint. "'Would you believe who starts up flirting the very bloody next episode? "'Grant and Sharon! "'Are your parents aware you're watching such adult material?' "'It's not just any material, sir. "'I'm using my mind to control the plot of EastEnders.'
0: Dumpledorn took off his half-moon spectacles "'and massaged the bridge of his nose. "'Young man, however
1: unusual this may seem, "'I have to examine events that I can verify.' Events that show clearly that you have magical ability, that you're a wizard, Snidely. Oh, I've got loads more than that. Go on. Well, one time I had a fungus on my toe that no one in the country had ever seen before. Snidely. It's true. The doctor said so. Then the public health officer came from the local authority. and Then I had to go join a special team to get it sorted. A team? What kind of team? They called it a quarantine, sir.
0: I see said the headmaster, and he sighed. He twiddled his pencil a moment over his notepad, hoping he could go home soon. You don't think I'm magic, sir. I can tell. Unlike his elder sisters, Snidely didn't take this as a reason to start blubbering. Instead, it seemed to spur him on. I'll prove it, Professor. When I was six, I jumped out the
1: window, and I swear for a minute I was floating down, not falling. I got a broken leg, but I still floated before that. Snidely... I could do it again, sir. Let's go up to the top. Snidely. Yes, sir? I think I've heard enough to be going on, Snidely. And I regret to say I will have to give you the same answer I gave your sisters.
0: Just then, a thumping sound could be heard upstairs and descending towards them. The door opened and in burst Snidely's twin sisters, euthanasia and emphysema. They were much taller than last time and just as loud. Ah! They screamed, but instead of grabbing the hem of his cloak, they simply rushed up for an over familiar hug. Lovely, Mm -hmm. lovely to see you, girls, he said, stifled by their grip and the twofold stench of chemical hair products.
2: We're so chuffed, Snobby's going
0: to bogwood," said Euthanasia on releasing him. Still got it, we couldn't, but it'll make us Porpingtons proud, emphysema chimed in.
1: Actually, girls, I'm afraid I have to deliver the same verdict as you had.
0: The headmaster braced himself for another uproar. You what? what? Said the twins in unison. Yet Dumbledorn was surprised by their tone, which was not one of petulance, but merely polite disbelief. There must be a mistake, sir.
2: He's done spells right in front of us. Has he? Of course, didn't he tell you about his magic sneeze? Oh, yeah, I forgot that.
0: "'Magic sneeze?' "'Sure! One day we was having brekkie, and little Snarls here watched some cereal.'
2: "'So Mother asks him which one does he want, and he says,
0: chew Cornflakes!' "'And didn't those cornflakes just fly out the cupboard into his little hands?' "'Dumpledorn stared a moment, open-mouthed. "'Inwardly, he had to admit this did actually sound like a summoning charm. "'Nevertheless, he needed proof.' "'Can you replicate the spell?'
2: Sure he can. Does it a little too often, if you ask me.
1: It needn't be something far away. It can be in this room, just as long as you summon it with magic. Okay, I'll summon my music player. It's called a Walkman. It plays cassette tapes. Yes, I'm familiar with Walkmen,
0: said the headmaster, feeling the tape player in his own robe pocket with a slight portent of unease.
1: Here goes. Achio! Walkman!
0: The object was much closer to hand than Snidely realized. Before Dumpledorn could react, his robes flew open and disgorged a flying cassette player, headphones and all. The little device floated through the air and alighted in the lap of the confused Snidely. Hang on. I thought the Walkman was in my room upstairs. Is this even mine? Dumpledorn tried to stop the boy, but before he could even form words, Snidely had popped it open and was examining the tape inside. His little boyish voice sounded out the words. Village people. Six over
1: the fo. Yes, that's
0: quite all right, said Dumpledorn, completely flustered. He forgot all spells and simply lunged over to swipe his private cassette player back from the nosy child. The twins stood in silence, shaking, in a desperate attempt to hold in a fit of giggles. Dumpledorn fumbled for words.
1: Aye. Well, I see you've performed a
0: summoning charm, if only by accident. Does that mean I'll get to go? Dumpledorn looked at the child. At his execrable bowl cut and his twisted sister T-shirt. How would this boy thrive at a school like Bogwort? Everything about him suggested dullness and mediocrity. The headmaster wished there were anything else in the world he could say at this moment. Yes, he said at last. Right on cue, his twin sisters shrieked in jubilation, then ran upstairs to tell their parents. Dumpledorn sighed. The worst was over, at least. He told Snidely a bit of the boilerplate, then he'd receive his letter shortly, with a list of all the required items and books for his first year. The boy kept nodding in wonderment even after Dumpledorn had stopped talking. The headmaster took his leave then, saying he looked forward to seeing Snidely in the coming autumn. As he was starting up the stairs, though, Snidely spoke. "'I can hear Rabbit's thoughts, too,' Dumbledore stopped midway and turned slowly back to the boy.
1: Is that normal for a boy
0: like me? The supreme Mushrump's Mind World, trying to recall the name of this extremely rare magical condition, again likely the result of ruinous inbreeding. This perhaps explained all the little cottontails infesting the front garden. A that was it. The boy was a rabbit mind-reader. They tell me their feelings, and what they want. They whisper things. Dumpledorn stared hard at this alarming child.
1: What do they say they want? Carrots, mostly. Sometimes a bit of lettuce.
0: Dumpledorn scowled, no longer bothering to hide his irritation. I'm afraid rabbits are not allowed at Hogwarts School, he said, and swept upstairs. Snidely shrugged, then switched on the TV again.
1: so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to support the show nothing helps more than telling your friends in person and spreading the word on social media you can find our pages on twitter instagram and youtube for more info on the show go to our website at borkpodcast.wordpress.com that's bork spelled b o r k e here you'll also find artwork by the authors and friends as well as pdf copies of every episode Thanks again, and see you next week.